We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on? We're a little early this week, but you know what? That's how we roll when the other shows, they don't want to show up. We are still here. It's week 17. It's the DFS Big Six on Roto Grinders. That's Roto World's DFS Big Six. And guys, we've made it. Week 17. I'm Eric Crane, joined by Evan Silva, joined by Rich Rebar. Rich, how are we doing, buddy? Doing good, man. Here we are at the end of the road. You know, I, I turned in the final worksheet of the year so that's always like a bittersweet moment i'm glad to have the the work done but you know it's bittersweet there's not gonna be another one next week so i mean here we are we made it i mean the end of uh a good season man it you know it was for as weird of a season it was in the real nfl i feel like nfl dfs i mean this was definitely my best year of nfl dfs since i've been doing it and uh you know hopefully everyone else had as 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 positive years you know on that angle as well that must be nice your best Man, what a, what a guy. What a, what a rebar. This is also joining us, Evan Silva. Evan, are you, uh, are you breathing a little bit, a sigh of relief that the season's almost done? Um, yeah, but I mean, I'm also just looking forward to the playoffs because I get to watch those games like out of enjoyment. You know, it's not like a job anymore. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I still do columns on all the, um, all the, uh, the playoff games. Uh, but it's just a lot easier. It's like fun to write about it instead of trying to, you know, jam in all this information on 32 games. You only got to write about what, you know, eight, four games. So um, it's it's a lot more uh, it's a lot more enjoyable. I, I know for me, I'm just, like week 17 is always kind of you know you're you're sprinting to the finish and it's a little because you had all 16 games in one day. And of course, Rich, what does that mean? That means that we got no Thursday night football. We got no Monday night football. And the way the NFL has set things up. Is, no Sunday. 
And no, no Sunday night football either. And no Sunday. I was like, wait, there's not football on Sunday. You really, no. <laughs> but the way the NFL is doing things this year, all 16 games in the afternoon, they put more of the meaning, meaningless games early in the day. And then the, all the games with playoff implications later in the day, that way, the teams, they can't just look at the scoreboard and, you know, they can't see what happens in the first game. Well, now we can play guys. Now we don't have to play guys. Rich, I kind of like how they're doing it this year. I think it's – they had to do it because it's a – I think it's a real problem how it played out this year that there's one game where both teams have something to play for. That Carolina-Atlanta game is the only really enticing game on the docket where you say, well, both these teams are striving for something tangible. The rest of the games they had to move around because, like you said, it's one team playing this other team, and if they don't win, you know, it affects another game. So they had to move all those games together. But we just have this this one game that you can kind of circle, and it's going to be both these teams really trying to push for a W. And the rest is just relies on a lot of other stuff happening in the other games. Yeah. How do you use that when you're approaching, you know, this week? Because obviously we've got some teams that are going to have nothing to play for. We know so far the Rams are going to sit guys. Uh, we know the Jaguars say they're going to play, guys. I'm not so sure I believe them. Evan, how do you approach this week? Because it is a tough week. Well, the first thing I try to look for is, like, guys who might be like Rex Burkhead was last week, 17, um, where they could just get a ton of carries and, you know, right around minimum price and crush it for you. And there really aren't that many this week. I think that the most popular one will probably be Malcolm Brown, uh, but he's not in a great spot, and we could talk about him a little bit more. Um, but the 49ers' run defense has been great. Um, <clears throat> the offense just is, is highly unlikely to be as, you know, explosive without Andrew Whitworth, without uh, Jared Goff, without Todd Gurley, um, with probably the receivers limited, you know. So the offense just isn't going to be as good. Um, so I wasn't really able to uncover anybody who – really stands out like that. Although I think the Wayne Goleman uh, is interesting uh, against the Redskins. After that, you know, just, just treating it like in a regular week, um, except, you know, definitely keeping the motivation uh, in mind. See, I really think that like Matthew Stafford could rip this up, but the Lions have, you know, they don't have anything left to play for. They were eliminated from playoff contention. You know, we know that Jim Caldwell is saying that they are going to go 100%. And it does make sense from his standpoint to go 100% because he's trying to keep his job. Um, so, but there are, you know, some players in those kinds of situations that make you make you just kind of kind of wonder, you, you know, like, or, you know, you, you think about worst case uh, potential outcomes, right? Like Stafford is like that. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, I think, uh, is in position for a, an interesting bounce back this week. Um, you know, Jameis Winston against the Saints in the highest total game. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't, you, you just have to treat everything, I think, on a case by case basis. So, about some quarterbacks, Reeves, because obviously, the most expensive guy over on DK is Ben. On FanDuel, it's Russ Wilson. Ben, I don't know how much I can trust this because, as we were talking about earlier, this is one of those games where the Steelers might look up if they win and the Patriots lose, they're going to get the number one overall seed. Unfortunately, the Patriots are playing the Jets, so they're 15 and a half point favorites. I don't think that's going to happen. I expect the Steelers to take a look at this game, and if at halftime, this you know, the Patriots are blowing out the Jets, maybe pull back the, the reins a little bit. So, to me, the guy I'm focusing on if I'm paying up is Russ Wilson. Reeves, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at the Steelers, too, they're, they'll probably be ahead in their own game as well. And, you know, you look at Ben last week, his first week without Antonio Brown. He had 
uh, his lowest pass attempts and lowest passing yardage since week seven. So, I mean, and he gave way to Landry Jones like eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter of that game. Could be a similar scenario. I I think that they'll down throttle for sure. They'll all suit up, but I think it'll be – I don't think that they really anticipate the, the Patriots losing that game. I think that they're heading in knowing that. Uh, I'm starting with Cam. I mean, it's in the game that I said that, that matters the most. I mean, Atlanta is allowing the third most rushing points to quarterbacks on the season. Uh, Carolina passes uh, instinctively, inherently a lot more on the road. They pass in 66% of their plays on the road as opposed to 53% at home. The Atlanta rush defense has been really good. They're the only team that stopped the Saints in either game rushing the football. Uh, so, I mean, I look at Cam. I look at his rushing ability. I look at the the, the bankable game script uh, from what, start to finish. And he's probably the top guy that I'm going to look for. Russ is interesting to me. I mean, he's in a similar spot uh, rushing-wise against an Arizona team that's not the most rushing points to quarterbacks. But, man, Russ has been kind of bad the last two weeks. 4.6 yards for pass attempt in both those games. Arizona's been really good since their bye week, too, on, on all defensive angles here against the run, against the pass. Schedule hasn't been phenomenal, but they've been playing well. Uh, BA's on his way out. Who knows how if they're you know we'll get like a rally situation or whatever. But Russ it scares me. I'm gonna own some Russ, but more in tournaments. Uh, when I'm looking at core quarterback, I'm gonna start with Cam this week. What about you? on team Russ or on team Cam? Because I feel like you you can make you easily make arguments for both these guys. Um, yeah, I, I like both of them. I mean, you know, I'm I'm gonna try to get exposure to both of them. I like you know Baldwin's matchups in the slot. Uh, against the Cardinals. We saw last week uh, the Cardinals did not use Patrick Peterson to shadow Sterling Shepard. They really have never used, uh, with with the, the exception of some plays, uh, they really have never used Patrick Peterson to shadow Doug Baldwin. And Doug Baldwin has ripped them up historically. Um, so I think last if Baldwin went off in this spot. Baldwin, yeah, he, he has big, big upside. Jimmy Graham, you know, the goal line, black, goal line uh, back. Um so another team with questionable uh, motivation, actually, they really should theoretically have no motivation because they're <laughs> locked into uh, their, their seed is uh, the Jaguars. Uh, Blake Bortles has been a top 10 fantasy quarterback in five straight starts. Last week, he was the, the quarterback two on the week. Uh, he's been running for a ton of yards, uh, averaging 22 rushing yards per game since their bye week. Um, so, and I, you know, he, I, I think is really interesting, but, you know, do we trust this coaching staff to follow through, um, you know, with with playing their starters the entire time? Um, again, Matthew Stafford, I think, is in an awesome, awesome spot. Historically, he has uh, crushed Dom Capers' defenses. Uh, he's been the quarterback six, quarterback eight, quarterback two on the week in their last three meetings. Marvin Jones in a great spot. Golden Tate in a great spot. Kenny Galladay played 95% of the Lions' offensive snaps last week. Set a seat, a career high, eight targets. Um, Ebron's been balling. You know, they can hit you from a lot of different angles. The Packers have been bad defending running backs out of the backfield. That bodes well for Theo Riddick. Uh, so those are some of the, the quarterbacks that I'm I'm looking at. I also really like Jacoby Brissett. Um, yep. And he has, I mean, he has let me down a few times before. Uh, this year, I really liked him in a home game against the Titans uh, a few weeks ago, and he was just awful. You know, one of those games where he's just holding on to the ball and waiting to get sacked, essentially. Um, uh, but I, I, this Texans defense is is cooked. Uh, I mean, they've given up I think 21 touchdown passes over their last 10 games. 
they have not been good at defending uh, running quarterbacks. T.Y. Hilton is in a blow-up spot. Uh, tight ends have been crushing them. Jack Doyle. Uh, so I, I think that J- Jacoby Brissett is sneaky. And if you look at like the the games that he has played recently, so he really, you know, he hasn't been really doing much lately. A lot of good deeds. Uh, but it is, yeah, it it is like it's not surprising if you look at. Uh, the, the the defenses that he has faced just his last six games alone Jaguars uh, Broncos Ravens Bills Steelers uh, so and now you know he's going to get a much easier outlook here uh, at home against the Texans definitely like that and of course we know speedy slot receivers against the Texans you know Keelan Cole just went off against him. I mean heck anybody can do it <laughs> you know if you got a little speed you can go ahead and party a little bit <laughs> all right Rich I'm going to ask you about one guy Kirk Cousins against the Giants, a pay-me-my-money game. I, I wrote Kirk Cousins down on the list. I had Brissett and Kirk Cousins. Brissett for the pay down. I had Kirk Cousins. It's like a wild card. Uh, worst worst pass defense in the NFL. I mean, they're, they're 32nd passing points allowed per game to quarterbacks. I mean, well, we could, I guess we don't have to say per game anymore. It's just on the year. Uh, you know, 32nd in fantasy points, passing points allowed per attempt. It, it all lines up. He didn't really hit in this spot at home on Thanksgiving. So, I mean – Cousins has had – he's been kind of an all-or-nothing guy, so it's definitely a tournament-type play. But he's had three top three scoring weeks, you know, in the usable weeks over the past nine games. The only problem is they come along with six six games that come at QB 16 or lower. Uh, but he's got multiple passing touchdowns in five of his past six games. The Giants have allowed multiple passing touchdowns in seven of their past nine games, including to Drew Stanton last week. So – <laughs> so I mean, yeah, man, I wrote Cousins down. It's like he's a he's a tournament guy. I think Jamison Crowder, when we get to wide receivers, is a, is a is a really good spot as well. So I mean, yeah, I mean Cousins, I think is a tournament guy. I like Cam is the cash guy, Brissett is the pay down guy, and then, then Cousins is like the wild card guy. Evan, what about Philip Rivers? Because right now Melvin Gordon, he's currently questionable. Rivers in a great spot against the Oakland defense. If Melvin Gordon misses this game in a game that the Chargers have to win. I don't really see a way they don't let Rivers just air it out and say, you're our offense, go get it done. And to me, Rivers, Keenan Allen, once again this week, it could be a spot where we load up on that connection. That connection. Yeah, he's definitely on my list. Um, there are a few uh, indicators that I don't love for Phillip Rivers. The, the, the biggest one is that the Raiders have actually been kind of good on defense uh, since they changed the defensive coordinators from Ken Norton to John Pagano, they've been using uh, Sean Smith, their six foot four cornerback, who looked like a free agent bust uh, for as long as Ken Norton was there uh, to shadow number one wide receivers. He totally zeroed out uh, Alshon Jeffrey last week. Uh, he had a good game against Demarius Thomas. Um, he's had a, a bunch of good games. He's been playing well lately. He covered Des Bryant, held him to two catches a couple of weeks ago, um, and. Uh, they, each of the last five quarterbacks that have faced the Raiders have finished as the quarterback 17 on the week or worse. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm with too. you. I'm with Keenan Allen and I like Philip and I like Antonio Gates again. So that is going to bring me back to Philip Rivers. I'm definitely going to use some of them, but uh, just, you know, w- one significant concern, I think that maybe this Raiders defense is a little bit better than we were accustomed to in the first, uh, I don't know, 10 weeks of the season. Yeah, I totally get that. Rich, what about your boy Jimmy GQ? Oh, yeah. Jimmy GQ's always in play. I mean, he's progressively gotten better all four starts. He's been a top-ten quarterback the past two weeks, probably going to play a shell of a Rams defense. 
So, I mean, yeah. I mean, he's kind of expensive on DK, though. You got to pay for Jimmy GQ, man. Yeah, and and you look at it, I would almost – I think he's going to be popular, too. That's the thing. I think we're going to see a chalky Jimmy Garoppolo. Everybody wants to play this guy. I mean, so would you rather pay, you know, 6700 for Jimmy or 66 for Phillip Rivers? Or Like I said, I was even talking about Kirk Cousins. I like him for 6200 And Stafford, and he's somebody – if I knew they gave a crap about this game, I would love him in this spot against the Packers secondary. But are they going to give a crap? Who knows? Maybe – I don't know. Maybe some Kenny Galladay in terms and everybody else is going to other guys. Let's move on to running back because two most expensive guys left Bell. I don't think he's going to get a full allotment of carries. Certainly not enough to pay off a 10K price tag. Todd Gurley, 9,800. We already know he's sitting. So, Evan, you know, the uh, the running back pool gets a little bit more shallow this year, this week than we're used to, especially if we're paying up. Who are you looking at at the upper end? Yeah, the first guy that – Stood out to me uh, was Alex Collins uh, against the Bengals at home. Big favorite, uh, 17 or more touches in six straight games, multiple receptions in all six. Uh, his passing game usage has really risen recently. Uh, Bengals have given up 110 or more rushing yards in eight of their last 10, 10 games. Over their last four games, allowing over four and a half yards per carry to opposing RBs. Does not look like Vontez Perfect is going to play. This week, even when he's been in there, I mean, they've been getting gassed by the run. Um, Last week, uh, Alex Collins set uh, his season high for routes run, and he also had a second highest snap percentage. Uh, So they, I mean, he is their offense right now. They are their offense around Alex Collins. He has monster volume potential. He is underpriced, and he has a great matchup as a home favorite. So he pretty much checks every box. A guy to a little bit lesser extent, Latavius Murray, um, definitely more of a fan duel play, but a guy who can get up there with a ton of volume, big home favorite. Um, <clears throat> Derrick Henry, let uh, Reeves talk a little bit about him. Uh, and then Wayne Gallman is my sleeper uh, at home against the Redskins. Redskins just lost Ziggy, Ziggy Hood, one of their best run defenders. Haven't been good against the run anyway. Uh, and the Giants have kind of slowly started to commit to Wayne Gallman as their main back getting a ton of work in the passing game uh, that helps his floor and his ceiling, of course. Uh, and I mean, I think that there's every reason for them to give him a, a, an extended look in week 17. I think the Seahawks would give to get Alex Collins back. <laughs> I don't, would Alex Collins be good on the Seahawks? I, maybe not behind that line. Who knows? Like it's, yeah, I it's don't really know. weird, but he's crushing in Baltimore. So I mean, yes, he is. I mean, he's better than Thomas Rawls. They didn't have this Alex Collins, man. No. Well, that's for sure. (laughs) He was, I mean. He just needed a shot. That's all he wanted. He wasn't this type of back last year, man. He he slowed down the past two weeks a little bit, but, like, he wasn't this type of runner last year, man. (laughs) So, who are some of the running backs you're looking at? (laughs) I had Gallman down, too, especially on DK, because uh, over the past three weeks, Gallman leads all running backs and targets and receptions. And he's gotten 40% of the rushing work over that span, too, while Washington is 31st in rushing over their past 10 games. So, I mean, there's definitely a lot of potential in a game where I think the Redskins are going to win. Uh, the only thing concerning is if Davis Webb does play a half, like, does that does that hold up, that that receiving work? But, I mean, he's 42 on DK. I mean, I'm, I'm all about that life over there in the full PPR. Uh, 
haven't brought up Derrick Henry. Who knows what we're going to do here, DeMarco Murray. I mean, this dude could have, like, no legs. and He'd still be a game-time decision. Uh, they said they want to get him in a limited role. Like, his role hasn't been limited enough. Like, he hasn't been a limited player to this point. Derrick Henry's been supremely the better player all year. We've all known it. It's just we want him to get the full allotment of touches. He's got to crush the Jaguars the first time they played. The Jaguars have had seven top 20 backs since their week eight bye. Uh, they've been better on the run, but, you know, still, still giving production up there for a guy that, at Henry's price. I think he's, you know, obviously more viable and, and cheaper on a site like FanDuel where he's basically the same price that he is on DraftKings. A couple other interesting guys I think are Marshawn Lynch if Denzel Perryman doesn't play. Uh, the, the Chargers splits without with Denzel Perryman in and out of the lineup are, are pretty staggering against the run. They've got 145.2 rushing yards per game when he's missed or left due to injury as opposed to just 108 with him active. Not a great spot, though, with, with a dog back. But I mean, Marshawn's fifth in the league in rushing since they're by. Like he's, they finally started giving the ball. Thanks, Raiders. Their inept coaching staff finally realized they should start running the ball when their quarterback has, you know, basically forced them to. You know, good job, Oakland, on that part instead of, you know, earlier in the year trying to establish the run and get some wins. Uh, you know, C.J. Anderson, I think it's really interesting. Uh, he's gotten 62% of the Denver rushing attempts over the past four weeks after 45% prior. He's had 15 or more points in three of his past four games. Uh, he leads the league and runs a five or more yards over that span. Probably going to play against uh, a shell of a Kansas City defense at home. Uh, and the Kansas City defense is already 21st in rushing yards, a lot of the backs anyways. So, I mean, he's in a decent spot. And, I don't know, uh, Brandon Oliver is interesting. Is, are, are we interested in any of these backup guys that are playing for these teams, the Malcolm Browns, the Silvers, the, the Min guys, Corey I mean, Clement? This is where you guys come to shine, right? The preseason all-stars. That's who you're looking <laughs> at right now. The guys are you guys I mean, is, is Evan into any of these guys? I mean, it, Malcolm Brown's a tough sell for me. The volume is going to be there, man. I, I'll probably pepper him in just to have some ownership. But like Evan said, I mean, no Whitworth. There's another offensive lineman than they already ruled out already, too. Their center, John Sullivan. Right. So, I mean, it's – I mean, and like you said, the 49ers have been really good against the run lately, too. Um under three, like 3.2 yards per carry to backs over six weeks. I mean, Ruben Foster's kind of balling out now. He's been able to be on the field. Um, listen, Jimmy GQ just makes everyone better. The whole team gets better when Jimmy's on the field. And, you know, they start, ta- there, they, they start tackling guys. Yeah. <laughs> they still can't cover anyone. They still can't cover anyone, but it's all right. <laughs> that sounds about right. Why not? Wait. Well done, Jimmy GQ. You're a – I mean, just, the guy's just my hero. Like, the guy is just – Seriously, I meant things. Oh, Kenny and Drake's in a pretty good. By the way, yeah, I, I stopped being willing to pay for Kenny and Drake when he got to like sixty five hundred and it bit me. Now it's over seven k. I feel like I've already planted my flag, and you know, I, I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. Saints running backs are the guys I'm interested. Oh in. yeah, Ingram. Like, doesn't it feel like we're all just sort of overlooking them in a matchup where they should just be able to run all over the Bucks? Yeah, and they got to win. And, well, I think when you look at the way the running back pricing plays out, you just go down the list. Gurley's already out. Lev, you can't pay for in cash. Um, I'm, I'm forgetting some guys on the list here. Uh, McCoy's been terrible on the road and terrible in Miami on the road. But he's at least, at least – you can at least project a workload for McCoy, though. But it's really McCoy and the Saints' backs when you look at the two top shelves of running back and you say, I'm, I'm going to pay for this and projected workload those are the only three guys the Saints backs and McCoy the rest of the guys are all pretty sketchy to pay up for what about you Evan are you interested in a little Zeke action there too or are you just sit hanging around with the uh oh no 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 you're you think they rest Zeke 
I, I think those Cowboy starters are going to be limited. I mean, from based on Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones' comments. All right, well, fine, then. I won't play Zeke. It's, hey, anytime I can just cross guys off the list, I'm happy to do it because, you know, it makes my life easier. So other guys we are looking at. Evan, we didn't really get your take on the Saints guys. Kamara, Ingram, I think you could play them both this week pretty easily. Yeah, um, the – uh, I mean, the Bucks have been giving up a ton of rushing touchdowns. Uh, I think that, that bodes well for Mark Ingram. He's got the fifth most carries inside the five-yard line on the year. Um, Alvin Kamara was the guy who really lit him up when they played in week nine. Alvin Kamara, 16 touches, 152 yards and two scores. It's just a matter of, like, trying to pick the right one. I mean, you could conceivably run both of them uh, together. Uh, their their team total is really high. Michael Thomas is still banged up, it looks like. You know, so, I mean, they could try to get both these guys, like, 17, 18, 19 touches in this game. Uh, and, you know, they, they would be the primary producers. Because beyond Michael Thomas right now, like, with the exception of the random, you know, Ted Ginn game, uh, and the Bucks have been playing pretty well in the secondary, shockingly, recently. Uh, I mean, I think that they, they should saddle up both these guys and make them the, the focal points of their of their offense for sure uh, in this particular matchup. Yeah, these are the two guys really planning on focusing on because, I mean, Kamara, we know these linebackers of Tampa, they can't really cover anybody. We know Mark Ingram. Look, I don't think Sean Payton hates him anymore, which is good for us because we're going to keep playing him. Uh, Evan, anybody that we didn't talk about that you wanted to touch on? Um, Deion Lewis. Okay. Uh, if, if we get him without James White again, it uh, looks like the Jets are going to – they're definitely going to not have Muhammad Wilkerson. And it looks like they might not have Leonard Williams either, uh, one of their best – probably their, their best defensive lineman right now due to a back injury. Uh, he left last week's game early, did not return, was no practice on Wednesday. Uh, a little bit of love for Carlos Hyde. Uh, the Rams have been bad against the run to begin with, and they're going to not have Aaron Donald. Uh, Carlos Hyde has been – he's got 18 or more touches in six of his last seven. I believe, and then Christian McCaffrey with um, with Cam. Uh, I think that Christian McCaffrey has the best matchup of any Panthers pass catcher this week. Falcons give up the most uh, receptions in the NFL to running backs. Uh, Christian McCaffrey hurt him pretty bad last time they played. It was like 100 total yards and a touchdown. Um, we I think we we covered everybody. All right, let's move on. To wide receiver, the most expensive guy. Well, he ain't playing. Antonio Brown's still out. John Ray Hopkins gets a, uh, you know, he's questionable. I mean, he's he's expected to play though, right, Evan? I'm sorry, uh, who? DeAndre Hopkins. Oh yeah, he'll, he'll play. He'll be out. Okay, there. yeah. So he's in there against Indianapolis. We can't cover anybody. Problem yeah. is that TJ Yates throwing him the football, which is always an issue. Julio Jones, he will probably start the game and then just say, "No, my pinky toe hurts. I'm out of here." So. Uh, you know, I'm savage. I don't. I'm so sick of Julio Jones, man. Like that guy. Do it, man. Push the button. I'm not put. No, no, no. Not gonna happen, Reeves. I'll tell you. You're gonna get like 20 seconds to talk about Julio, and then I'm like giving you the X button, man. Go ahead. Hey, you. I you just, forgot that Reeves is the Julio whisperer. I know. I know, but I don't want to do it. I don't want to click the button, man. Well, I mean, like I said, that game is the one where both teams have to win. Carolina has just been getting destroyed by lead wide receivers. I mean, since their week 11 bye, they're allowing 303 passing yards per game, uh, 14.4 receptions, 230 receiving yards to wide receivers, eight touchdowns since week 11 to wide receivers. Like I said, it's been all wide receiver ones, too. It's not these nickel and dime guys. I mean, 
some of the ancillary Bucks guys had big plays against them. Humphreys and, and Godwin had two long splash plays on them. But, I mean, Evans had his first 100-yard receiving game uh, of the season against them. Uh, Thielen got him for 100, you know, a couple weeks ago. It's been all dudes, just all wide receiver ones. Julio got him for six for 118. I mean, I mean, when you look at his price and you circle in games where you got projected usage and the game script and what they're going to be doing, they ain't going to be running the ball in the Panthers. I know that. So, hey, man, push the button. I don't want to push the button. Tell me not to push the button, please. Every lineup. No! No, that is not the button I want to push. Are you kidding? I'm putting him in every one. I'm putting him in every one. No. Come on, man. You're just you're just messing with me, right? No, man. He he's that is such seriously, me playing Julio and him screwing me is such the perfect way to end this season. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, yep. Week 17, down the drain. All right, Evan. Who do you talk to me about Julio? I guess whatever. I mean, I think that Reeves covered it pretty well. You know, um, <laughs> he's also a uh, number one by low in uh, Josh Hermans Myers air yards uh, uh, model. Uh, like to see that. Um, I mean, I, I think he's going to crush. So he's got a great history against the Panthers. Reeves talked about how they're just hemorrhaging uh, points to uh, uh, wide receivers. The Panthers are. I think that Matt Ryan has a good game. Um, you know, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm 100% about Julio Jones. I was also really like T.Y. Hilton. I know that Reeves does too. He was his cover boy this week. Um, <clears throat> let, me, let me see here. Marvin Jones. I really like Marvin Jones um, against the uh, the Packers. We already talked about him. Yeah. Uh, we, we talked about Hopkins. Uh, Jarvis Landry needs 105 yards to get to 1,000 on the season. Uh, in his the, fi- the final game, he's going to play as a Dolphin most most likely. Um, he is going up against the Bills. The Bills are like a zone coverage team. They are, are really good at limiting big plays, but they will let you eat in the middle of the field. Uh, you go back and look at like the the, the short to intermediate uh, receiver specialist against the Bills. Uh, some big high volume games. Jarvis Landry was included in that. They played a couple weeks ago. He had ten catches against him. He's in. I mean, I don't. People probably won't even want to play him, uh, but he's going to be – he's in an awesome spot. Uh, Keenan Allen let a lot of people down, myself included, last week. Um, and, you know, the matchup is not that great. Raiders have been pretty decent against uh, slot receivers uh, for the most part. Um, and he's he's a 50, 50% uh, guy anyways. Uh, but I think that, you know, as a, as a guy who's averaging over 11 targets per game over his last six – uh, this is like a positive regression spot, and especially if we if we don't get Melvin Gordon, I mean the the game plan should be highly highly pass oriented. We talked about Doug Baldwin, Larry Fitz in that same game, um, Josh Doxson I think is in a very in- intriguing uh, position this week. He had 13 targets last week, somehow only got caught only two. Um, only Josh but, Doxson could do. No nope, yeah. right. <laughs> Uh, but the Giants have given up the most touch passing touchdowns in the NFL, and they give up a ton of big plays down the field. They've demoted uh, Dominic Rogers Cromartie. He's like a role player for them now. And, um, you know, Janoris Jenkins has been on IR. Uh, so I think that Josh Doxson is an intriguing, cheaper play. Uh, I think that pretty much covers it for, for me for wideouts. Oh, oh uh, A.J. Green. I wanted to mention A.J. Green. Okay. 
because I don't think anybody's going to want to play him. The way to attack the Ravens right now is with wide receivers. Uh, we saw that the Bengals still have a little bit of life left, uh, and A.J. Green is awesome, and that's about the extent of the analysis. He's just he's just a good-looking dude, man. A.J. Green is a good, he is. good guy. Reeves, is this finally the week we get something from Brandon Cooks? I am really sick of clicking that button. I'll play him and Julio together and just, you know, not watch the game. So I'll take it now. Yeah. I mean, I, I worry about that, just that game. If they get up, like, and they down throttle as well, you know, at, at the half or, or later in that game. Uh, but Cooks, I mean, listen, man, boundary wide receivers have just roasted the Jets. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, Cooks is in play. Uh, I like the AJ Green call. I had some notes on him as well. So since their week 10 by the Ravens week 10 by they've allowed 177.2 receiving yards per game. Uh, to wide receivers after 113 per game prior. They've been also getting crushed by wide receiver ones, and this dates back to when Jimmy Smith was still playing. Uh, guys like Devontae Adams had 100 yards against them, DeAndre Hopkins when Jimmy Smith. It's not just a correlation to Jimmy Smith being out. It doesn't hurt that he's not out. Um, A.J. Green has double-digit targets in three of his past four games. Uh, the only thing is, is that the Ravens have a lot of wide receivers score on them since week nine. So, I mean, you might not get the tud, uh, but I like A.J. Green as a – is a play that probably people won't. Evan hit on all the guys I pretty much had notes on. I mean, I like Jamison Crowder since week eight. He's 11th in the NFL in targets, 10th in receptions. We just saw Larry Fitzgerald just go go nuts on the Giants. We saw Crowder go nuts on the Giants on Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, they, they, they've got no interest in covering guys in the interior. And I think um, a guy I'm into this week as well is Ted Ginn. So Michael Thomas only played 64% of snaps last week. He didn't practice today. He'll probably go, but be limited, in limited fashion. You know, the Bucks are, the Bucks have allowed the most targets to the NFL and throws 15 yards or further downfield. Uh, so, I mean, I'm not going to play getting cash, obviously. But, I mean, Ginn's a guy I think that is, is really interesting at his price and can have a good game um, in that one. And then, like I said, Evan hit on pretty much every, every other guy I had kind of or something to, to, to touch on. You know, I've been trying to make Ted Ginn happen all year, and then last week, you know, wasn't on him, obviously. And I think he scored in the first game against the Bucks too, did he not? He might have. Yeah, he did. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> you got to play more. got to play more best ball, Crane. You don't I have do. to worry about the week-to-week stuff. I do need to play more best ball. I need anything. <laughs> so, let's talk about some tight ends, because uh, Travis Kelsey, the most expensive guy, he's not playing Rob Gronkowski. They should have this game in hand, but if they have it in hand, it very well could be because of Gronk. Greg Olson suddenly up to 5,600. Boy, I missed the days of him being 4K. That was a lot of fun for a while. Evan Ingram made it through uh, the last game with just bruised ribs. That sounds like when I put a bunch of money into a night contest, I'm like, oh, I made it through just losing 70% of my money. But, hey, Ingram. So, Reeves, who are some of the tight ends you're looking for? We talked about it last week, and it's like you've talked about um... – you knew Max Center with quarterbacks. You keep a very shallow quarterback pool, and I keep a very shallow tight end pool. We talked about last week. I was really only into those three guys. I have a really shallow list this week as well. I think it starts with Antonio Gates, where he's priced. Uh, season highs across the board for Gates. Listen, we've got a fresh leg 37-year-old, you know, in play here. You know, he played 55 snaps last week. He ran 35 pass routes, season high in targets, catches, yards. Uh, Oakland is last in the league in receptions and receiving yardage allowed to tight ends. They are seeing tight ends are seeing 25.9% of the targets against Oakland. That's number one in the league. Everyone kind of talked about Keenan Allen. So 
the Raiders are really have been really good against slot guys. They have not given up any production to those types all year. No wide receiver one weeks to interior guys, and just one top twenty week, and it was to Jarvis Landry. So I mean, it's uh, I mean, it all signs, all roads point to Antonio Gates. Especially if it out. I mean, it could be another you know, you know, eight, seven to ten targets for Antonio Gates in this game. And like I said, he's fresh. He looked good last week too. He looked really good. You know, making back shoulder catches. Um, I'm assuming that Evan is on Gates as well. Uh, I think Charles Clay is interesting. No one ever wants to play Charles Clay. I don't either. He's very unsexy. His only tight end one scoring week, though, since he's returned, was against the Dolphins. Uh, and it was a low-volume passing game for the Bills as well, where I think they'll throw a little more in this one. I think the game script will be slightly different, given the Bills are a much worse road team. Dolphins are a way better home team. Uh, but they've allowed the second most receptions of tight ends on the year. I think he's kind of fine. I like a site like uh, DraftKings. And my deep dig is Vance McDonald because uh, um, I think he's going to play the whole game throughout. I don't think he's a guy that's really going to get shaved uh, any type of playing time down. We know the, the flow chart, so it be points to get, play guys against the Browns. Uh, he's been kind of mo- the more receiving uh, tight end uh, between him and Jesse James. And like I said, just dirt cheap kind of punt, you know, situation where he's not going to come out of the game. Uh, and if Landry Jones plays at all, like he'll still be in there. Like Landry Jones is not going to be throwing passes to all the Justin Hunter and dudes like that. So, I mean, those are kind of like the guys I'm looking at. You know, I'm just going back to thinking when we were talking about wide receivers, I know we're kind of going backwards. The Cousins, Doxon, Josh Doxon, Jamison Crowder stack. Come on, Evan. Yes or no? I mean, are you going to just leave out Big Vern like that? I ain't gonna retribution that. zero point retribution spot from Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> I knew Evan, that's one of the reasons I can talk about this because I knew Evan was going to bring up our boy Big Burn, who's uh, he's I mean he's this year's Kobe Fleener on this show as far as I'm yeah. concerned. We're going to bring oh, him up every week. He never does anything. No, 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 no. He never does anything. He scored so, last week. You what? He scored last week. Whatever. I've given up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. man. Disrespecting Big Vern, Cream. I'm sorry, I'm sorry Big Vern. My, just kidding. I'm not apologizing. The problem is that Cousins doesn't throw it to him. I mean, that's the problem. His targets are like – I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't understand why he doesn't throw it to him. I mean, Vernon Davis has, like, big playability. He's going to be in the best matchup possible for a tight end this week. Um, <clears throat> I, I think he's very interesting low-owned play. Um, I, I'll just transition to some tight ends that I like. I mean, I, I really think that the guys that Reeves named, though, uh, are the guys that I like. I mean, Charles Clay against the Dolphins, um, uh, Antonio Gates. Uh, I think that Ebron is in a good spot again. He's been balling, man. I mean, he's led the Lions in targets in three straight games. That's ridiculous. Cameron Bray let a lot of people down last week. I wasn't really on him, but that – you know, in what could could become a, a higher scoring game this week, he should have a lot of opportunity um, to score touchdowns. The Saints have been great against tight ends, but, uh, you know, Cameron Braid is a guy who's touchdown dependent anyway. Uh, Jack Doyle talked about him. He's got a great matchup against the Texans. His, his targets are consistent. Uh, he's got a great history against the Texans. I think that Jacoby Brissett plays well in the Dome. Um, and then Gronk, of course. Uh, Gronk can earn a $2 million bonus by either uh, going for 116 yards to bring him to 100 or to bring him to 1200 on the season or by catching 11 passes. Uh, now he did have an 11 catch game in 2015 against the Jets. So 
it's within his range of outcomes. Is it, you know, is it uh, super improbable? Yes. But I mean, it's, it's something that he has accomplished, a feat that he has accomplished before. Um, and he can also get that bonus now if he, if he's the first team all pro uh, from the AFC, which he obviously should be, but you know, if we were going, we, there would be like percentages on it. I mean, I think that Travis Kelsey would have a small percentage chance of getting that. We don't find out about that until like January 5th or 6th. So he can lock it up this week with 116 yards or 11 catches. It's a $2 million bonus. That is significant. You know, I know he's made a lot of money in his career, but you know, $2 million is significant to any, any this big boy dollars, man. Yeah, like you, you can lock up two million. You got to do it. All right, Reeves. We have on here. We're going to talk about kickers and defense. We're not going to talk about kickers and defense. We ain't going to do it. So, Reeves, let's kind of talk about. Let's review 2017. All right. I do, I do want to just real fast not touch on defense, but I did want to ask Evans' take on the guys, um, these teams that are playing against these teams in these spots. So you have the, the 49ers, the Broncos. Um, you know, the, you know, these, these low end defenses that are we playing against like basically B squads, like, are, are we just looking to punt now at, at defense this week? Is that what most people are looking at? You know, are you looking to get like the 49ers and at 2100 or the Broncos at 45 at home against a Patrick Mahomes, probably not playing with any starters, uh, you know, any of those types, like, is that, is that what we're looking this week? that angle as well from BFS where you would never touch these defenses, but these great offenses are shutting dudes down. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's just, you know, specific to the lineups that you said. I really like Colts, the Colts too against TJ Yates. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think it's just case by case basis, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't have any like broad thoughts on, on like, you know, strategies there. I'm, I'm sure, I, I think that, you know, because they are facing, Paxton Lynch, Patrick Mahomes, um, you know, Sean Mannion, those defenses definitely like move up your, 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 uh, your list of defenses that you're intrigued by. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, if you guys want to play some defenses this week, which I assume you're going to, because, well, we have to like focus <laughs> on some of these guys that are playing these TJ Yates of the world. Though I, I'm not playing against Patrick Mahomes, right? with me we're just not touching playing against Patrick Mahomes the greatest player no man you you like defenses (laughs) that get negative points play against Patrick Mahomes (laughs) (laughs) oh I love Patrick Mahomes he's the guy that everybody's going to be pumped about this week I am sure of it or like after this week Alex Smith yes or no does he lose his job Patrick Mahomes for the playoffs no (laughs) come on (laughs) I can dream I can dream all right, so Reeves, what are some of the things that uh, – let's look back on 2017. What are the, some of the, like, the more surprising things that have happened to you this year? Not to you. Well, I had a very, very mixed year in seasonal. I think a lot of people did. Uh, you know, I play in a lot of seasonal leagues. Um, a, lot of, like, a lot of real just cattywop with some teams that were hurt by injuries, some had underperforming players. Um, and then some that were good survived all that, but I mean, it was just a real uneven year. I basically broke even in seasonal splits and annies. It was a, it was a really hard year too. to like, you had to really play wires this year, pick up guys at the right time. Even dudes you didn't want to pick up like Kenyon Drake and stuff. You just had to pick up guys like that. They ended up being, you know, really saviors in, in seasonal league. But I really think that that funneled, you know, to being a really focused year in DFS. I feel like I, I like I said, I had my best year in DFS success rate wise. And I think it was because of all of that unevenness in seasonal leagues just ch- channeled like weekly weekly plays. Uh, 
I mean, especially in cash, like it's, it's been double up city. Uh, it's been, it's been one of the, the, the years where it's just been, it, I don't want to call it easy because it's never easy. I mean, you always have, even last week I sweated out having a couple bad plays and had some guys save me, you know, uh, in lineups. But I mean, it's, it's been back to back years now where you just pay up at running back and you pay for these top guys and you just, t- you, you just take what comes afterwards. You, you jam Gurley in, you draft, you jam Le'Veon Bell in, you jam David Johnson in. It's been like that. The Saints guys, you, that's been the most consistent position. It's the most predictable for volume. It's the most predictable for scoring upside. And I'm going to go back and look at this. Probably one of the first articles right in the offseason will be about the passing decline in the NFL this year, uh, how much the passing production dropped. And, you know, we've had a – because now we have a a trend now for multiple years. I wrote about it at the beginning of summer. It was just a short sample, but I I wasn't sure to really call it a trend yet or not. But teams are using more wide receiver three, wide receiver four sets. Wide receiver one production now has dropped for multiple seasons, while wide receiver three production has steadily risen. Uh, we've seen it. You know, it was, you know, wide receiver ones were 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 bad this year. Like it was tough, and so some of that was injury induced. But I mean, it was a rough year for top wide receiver play, and so I'll be really excited to go back and look at the passing decline. And we had a lot of quarterback injuries this year. It was, you know, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to going back and. and under the hood of what happened because it's not just like it went to rushing rushing blew up and was good this year just passing and points were down like it was it was bad this year so I'm definitely looking forward to going underneath that but that's been a great for DFS because we haven't really had to try to jam those guys in I mean we could play Antonio Brown every week but we never had to pay for all these guys you know and had to chase wide receiver points because we had consistent wide receiver play consistently at you know the the 6k range the 5k range there's always been plays every week what about you Evan what for you looking back on this season? Um, I don't know. I really haven't you know, thought about it a whole lot. I've just been like focused, you know, laser focused on week 17 and getting that, getting it, it out of the way. But definitely like the, the quarterback, uh, losing all the quarterbacks to injuries uh, really impacted so much because, I mean, you would just see like with Aaron Rodgers, you could, you, Jordy Nelson went from leading the NFL in touchdown catches to you couldn't even use him anymore. You know, um, and uh, I mean, the you know, Devonte Adams had some good moments with Brett Hundley, uh, but you know, getting all those quarterbacks back next year uh, is going to make it. Uh, I think the the league is going to spice up the league a lot. We should get um, obviously Aaron Rodgers, uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, Carson Palmer. I think will probably he might come back. You know, he's he's not really regarded as highly regarded. But he's a guy who can give you like quality starts at the quarterback position. Andrew Luck, uh, Ryan Tannehill, Sam Bradford. I mean, those are just some some guys off the, the top of my head. The regression of a lot of quarter of some certain quarterbacks uh, makes you wonder about their future. Uh, Derek Carr and um, Marcus Mariota, in particular, uh, I think that Jameis Winston would. Uh, some people would group him in group in, him in with that, but. Uh, I think that he has played better recently. I know he's had some – he's always going to have these, like, mind-boggling turnovers. You know, like last week he lost three fumbles on sacks, and I think that he's got to improve his ball security. Um, but I think that the the league will be better for all the quarterbacks returning uh, and the, the production will, will rise, uh, you know, for, for, the, for the wide receivers. Uh, at the running back position, these you – know, Big time uh, running backs that can play in the passing game uh, that are 
you know, solid uh, on the ground and that just don't have to come off the field. These guys are really difficult to find, uh, but they are the true difference makers in fantasy football. And it was David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell in 2016. It was Todd Gurley and Le'Veon Bell uh, this year. Uh, and, you know, I, I wish that more teams would commit to uh, using guys like that. But at the same time, there's only a few guys like that on the planet. Uh, so I understand, you know, why why they don't. LaShawn McCoy also could be considered to be uh, in that category. But, you know, trying to discover the next guys that are going to be utilized in that manner, you know, I think will, will be a goal for, for everyone uh, going forward in fantasy and DFS and season-long best ball, et cetera. It's going to do it for us, guys. That's a season. 17 weeks. We did a few more in the offseason, too. And of course, what we're done. It's over, guys. It has been a lot of fun. As always, we're going to have to do this again next year. And you know what? If they don't bring us back, we'll do it ourselves. I won't. I won't. They got to pay me. Okay, well, that's all right. I got you, brother. I mean, I love all you guys. Right. I, I love doing this. I mean, if you guys want to text me, I'll text back. But I'll, I'll text back. Just the, the speed on which I text back, well, that depends what kind of cheddar's coming your way. I understand. But all right, we're going to get off here. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in all year. It's been a blast for us. For the last time, I'm Eric Crane. He's Rich Rebar. He's Evan Silva. Thanks so much for watching Roto World's DFS Pick 6, presented by Roto Grinders. See you guys later.